You're listening to Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne on the Kulin Nation and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. We're bringing you environmental and social justice stories. I'm Cory Green. On this week's show, we're taking you back to the Coalition for Community Energy Congress. At the opening, we hear from Gomorrah and Uwalia man Michael Anderson, Kato Muir from Nalia Country, and Wongatha Wonganara elder, Pastor Jeffrey Stokes. They talk about the effects that mining has had on their communities and on initiatives taken to secure access to a clean energy future. We'll start off with Gomorrah and Uwalia man Michael Anderson. He's talking about his people's fight against the fossil fuel industry, mining in the Pilliga scrub. I come from the Gomorrah Uwalia nations, which sits on the border of New South Wales, Queensland. You know, they, um, when white people do boundaries... Um, Please excuse me when I say white people because that's the only thing I know how to relate to the foreigners. Um, the, the line, they, they, nobody knows how to draw circles in the white world. They draw, get a ruler and they draw straight lines. Not realising, of course, that you know when we barrack for New South Wales and Queensland in the football, we, half our mob belonged to Queensland, another mob belonged to uh, New South Wales. So we get inciting with family. So they started that straight away. Um, but... In my journey, one of the things that um, I could talk about a whole number of things, but um, since this is about energy, um, I'd really like to just focus on energy. Um, I I just want to talk about, you know, there's a a politician sitting in the room who addressed this earlier, um, and um, one of the questions that I wanted to ask really was that uh, how do they deal with the corrupt politicians who are sitting in the back benches um, who take a lot of money to keep the fossil fuel industries going? And how do, they, how, do they corrupt, how do they deal with them? Um, because after all, these fossil fuel energies would not be able to, companies would not be able to continue to operate unless the politicians make the right policies for them to operate. And um, I think, you know, as a, as a public, you know, we're denuding ourselves to believing that um, we can do something about stopping these people while ever you elect people who take corrupt money. And um, I think this is one of the targets that we need to look at uh, quite seriously. Um, just to give you an example, I come from the Gummeroy Nation. We're fighting right now. I'm one of the applicants on a native title claim called the Gummeroy Native Title Claim. And we're dealing with a company called Santos, um, trying to keep them out of the Pilica scrub. And um, they, these guys, they bought a company off a group called um, Eastern Star Gas which consisted of the former Deputy Prime Minister, John Anderson, um, under John Howard's government. And he owned, basically, made the major shares in, um, in that Eastern Star Gas. Um, they had a major um, problem, um, a disaster, actually, inside the Pilica Scrub, and poisoned water and poisoned country, killed off country. And uh, when that happened, John Anderson got paid something like $125 million for his shares to get out of it. Uh, by Santos, and then he went away with his $125 million. Um, and, um, and then, of course, he, uh, he disappeared into the, uh, the neither, and, um, and, of course, Santos was left to with a $78 million clean-up job to clean our country up. Now they're asking us to approve another 860 wells to go into that Pilica scrub, and we're saying no. And, um, and that's going to be one hell of a fight. New South Wales has already signed off to build a big pipeline that goes right down to Condobolin from, um, 
from Pilika Narrabri um, and go right down through Warren and through all those places. So if you know central New South Wales, you know what I'm talking about. And um, so if you, talk, if you look on the Facebook and you see that, what do you call it, that gas thing pipeline over in America that Donald Trump's going to move people in to get rid of all the native people where it's going across their country, well, then that's about to happen in New South Wales. That's similar, a similar project for Santos. But we have to fight them at the Pilika Scrub. The Pilika Scrub is a very sacred place for us. We call it Giruin, and uh, that's the place of the flowers and where it seeds and, and fertilises all of the whole of the country and keeps trees and plants and flowers uh, blooming across our country. Um, on another side with the politicians, um, we, after they appointed the, did the Native Title Amendment in 1998, we joined our 10-point plan. Um, the first thing that happened was a bloke called Mark Vale who took over from John Anderson. Mark Vale became the Deputy Prime Minister. Mark Vale in his job in the Parliament. Now Mark Vale is the president of, um, of a group called Whitehaven, a very big coal company operating in the, in the, uh, in the Gunnedah Basin. And uh, we're fighting against that big company and we're forced by circumstances under that Native Title Act. So the government have written, written laws in place where Aboriginal people can no, cannot say no at all. And this is, our, this is our struggle and a lot of people don't realise that we have no capacity to say no and uh, our only course is through uh, the legal system if we get it. But we found out that no legal, no legal, no matter how big the legal firms are, will take on our cases to fight against the government and show the Ill illegalities of these things. So we can't get any white legal system in this country to back us to fight against these governments, knowing that these things are racist and knowing that we can't stop them. And unfortunately, the psychology of poverty is what they play against us and our people. And by using the psychology of poverty, they walk into our communities and offer some people money and say, here, and a lot of our people say, well, we may as well use it now because we've got no way of being able to say no. So it's very easy to come into a community and offer people money and say, here, this will buy your motor car, this will buy you this and buy you that. And of course, people are going to say, well, I'm going to die anyway, I may as well have it now. And, you know, to hell with worrying about the future generations. So... Um, this is one of our struggles, is how they're playing on this psychology of, um, of poverty. And in terms of looking at renewable energy, well then, you know, um, there's a guy here, at the end of this, I really would like him to come up, um, a bloke called Ray Pratt. I, I just would like for him to explain what happened at Brewarrina in one of our communities in New South Wales when we had a project going, ready to go, to put solar energy onto the Aboriginal community's homes and how the our energy, or I think Origin Energy, came in and did something um, quite dreadful. And, that, and of course it stopped the whole project and um, stopped Aborigines from getting cheaper energy. So I'd, I'd like him to just explain that. It's, it, it'll take a couple of minutes, I would explain, um, imagine. But, but quite honestly, people, we have a major fight out there in our communities and um, you guys are not hearing about any of those fights that we are having on, those gr on the ground. And, um, you know, we're, we're out there struggling. We don't have the resources. We don't have the manpower uh, to be able to fight off these people. And when you've got corrupt politicians, it makes it even, makes the job that much harder. Thank you. That was Gomoroi and Uwalia man, Michael Anderson. Next up, we have Kato Muir, who's from Nalia country. He talks about issues of access to energy and how they're solving it in his community. He also touches on his community's carbon credits program 
and the fight against the nuclear industry. I won't go on because none of you probably understand me. Um, <laughs> but I'm Cato, I come from the West. Um, but before I do offer my few cents worth, I will acknowledge the welcome that we had from the Wurundjeri, I think that's how you say the name, uh, mob. Also um, acknowledge the previous two speakers. Um, share in the pain of uh, people from Umbulgari. They're the, of all the communities that were targeted to be shut down, they're the one that were forcibly shut down and people were forcibly removed. Now, our background, I'm from the desert, basically in the centre of Western Australia. My Banaga bloke over here, Mr. Stokes. Um, I'm a Jarrodo man, he's a Banaga. Um, means we're cousins. Uh, technically, we're supposed to give sisters to each other for wives. But um, we're pretty close in the family trees, so we're not allowed to do that. Um, we are. First, oh, you know, I'm like a second generation contact person. Uh, my mother was born in town but grew up as a nomad living in the desert. Um, and for a lot of us, we, because we were still out uncontacted, we did not have all these, uh, you know, afflictions of policy that were bestowed upon us by the colonial administration. So some, some of our family were taken away, but uh, a lot of us were still in the, in the bush. Um, four points that I want to make. What brings us here, uh, and my wife, uh, Diva, is in the audience somewhere. I she's taking a nice photo of me, right? Um, what brings us here is today as we speak, uh, there's a chap from all... Is this thing going on and off or...? Yeah. Um, there's a chap from Allgrid looking at our houses. Uh, we have a community on the edge of town in Leonora. Um, currently nine houses on it, um, which we're putting into uh, solar panels and battery storage. And part of that story is essentially to rescue our households uh, and their finances. Um, everyone's on power cards in these communities. They go between payment cycles on their, on their pays and run out of power. And so spend anything up to two, three days without power. And that was when we got normalised. Um, prior to that, the state government ran the power up to the front gate and uh, we were lumped with you know, up to $30,000 power bills um, for each of the residents. 
So we're going through that and hopefully by June we will have all our houses uh, connected to PV and storage. It's the uh, catchwords. Um, the other project that we're engaged in is we were part of a consortium getting uh, what is it, ACTUS, Australian Carbon Credit Units. So the consortium that we're part of um, have now a total of about 8 million ACTUS in the Pilbara and the Goldfields region. The project that uh, I'm running is to be planting trees. And what we'll do is plant the trees and we're selecting trees that are bush foods. So the other journey and out of this, I mean, I, when I first came here, I didn't realise I was so actively engaged in what you guys do, but um, the journey that we're looking at there is the diet of our people. So um, the foods, the trees that we're looking at planting are acacias, wattle, wattle, and acacias are high in protein, they inhibit diabetes, uh, there's a whole range of benefits that come from eating or consuming acacia trees, which are traditional diet. And that's where Aboriginal people need to reposition ourselves to be able to um, eat our traditional foods uh, more than the introduced foods. So out of this carbon capture story, we're going to build another story about re-empowering our uh, bush foods journey. And two other points that I'll leave with, and I think a lot of you in here might be part of the uh, climate, uh, what do you call you guys? Climate people fighting against people who deny climate change. <laughs> but I have a challenge for you because I'm the chair of the West Australian Nuclear Free Alliance. We've been campaigning against uranium mining in Western Australia and we've stopped Colin Barnett from starting uranium mines now for the last eight years. <laughs> yeah, so Colin's got back up now. Um, oh, for those of you who don't know, the um, Liberal Party in Western Australia have a preference deal with One Nation. Um, but Hopefully, on the 11th of uh, March, we'll see a change of government and uranium mining will no longer be an option in Western Australia. The challenge I have for climate people, though, is that you guys have not supported us. And we have been out there fighting this campaign against nuclear uh, energy. And I hear stories about people saying, oh, I know it's the right-wing nutjobs, but they're coming back saying nuclear power is the alternative to fossil fuels. Who's heard that? Who said that? <laughs> and the uranium is all coming from our land. It's coming from our friends from Canada. It's a company that you guys have exported called Cameco who is uh, bringing a lot of that uh, uranium mining into our country. Or oh, wanting to. We're stopping them. So that's one thing is to ask you people who are involved in the climate sector to give us a hand in the nuclear, anti-nuclear movement or the nuclear free movement 
to make sure this uranium stays in the ground. Because it's coming out of our land, our land is going to end up being radiated. And the other thing, though, is just a cautionary note, and I'll leave you on this. We're all excited about solar power, but those funny little black things are actually minerals that are dug up from the ground. And a lot of that comes from my country. And so think about these sort of things when we're getting engaged and ask those hard questions about what is the net impact of um, these things that we take for granted as being the bright, buzzy, new, great thing, but those minerals come from our land as well. So anyway, that's all from me. Thank you and good luck. That was Kato Muir, who's from Nalia country. I'm Corey Green, and you're listening to Earth Matters, bringing you environmental and social justice issues. Next up, we have Wangatha Wanganara elder, Pastor Geoffrey Stokes. He talks about the genocidal plan that's culminated in his people being moved off their country to make way for a mining project. Sorry, i, I got two minutes there, Rick. <laughs> yeah. Okay, they got to a time. Just anyway, um, I just um, acknowledge the um, traditional owners of this country, and I acknowledge God too. I'm an Aboriginal man, and I'm a Wadi, you know, and um, and I'm not only that. I'm I'm a minister of the of the church. I've got a little Aboriginal church just out of Kalgoorlie. And um, you know, I just want to give you a little bit of history. And I think getting into solo is a good idea for our people. Because just right now, in this last few years, the, the government, um, the mining companies out there, and they found something that they want to mine out there, and it's uranium place called Mulga Rock, and about 70 k's from that place where they found Mulga Rock, there's an Aboriginal community called Ningabam Kanana, and the government went in there, and they accused the men for abuse, they arrested the men and put them in jail for six months never charged them, never brought them to court. But in the same time, they were developing the mining, rainy mining in, in um, sorry for pointing across, brother, um, um, at Mulga Rock. They went to the communities, to the women's there, and they said, this, this um, community is, um, what do you call it, people were living there. These half of the people who were living there, they were living in South Australia. They're from the descendants of the Maralinga people. So they already been moved from one country to another for uranium. And the Western Australian government went to, went to the communities and they had took the men and they not only taken the men, they'd taken the, taken the shop, 
the health workers, the school, and I take in electricity. And that's why I think this is a good idea. Do you understand what I'm saying, Trump? See, they, they threatened. Now, over the years, they talked about it, and they did it. They just moved straight in, and they just destroyed this community. They didn't set up any places for them to live in Kalgoorlie or anywhere in the goldfields. They just took them and made them fringe dwellers in, in Kalgoorlie. And now the mayor in Kalgoorlie is saying, these people, we want them back where they come from. We can't go back there because, because, you know, it's like a druggie. If I want you to, if I want you to drop, if I want you to buy my drugs, I'll make dependent on them. I'm not sure if, I don't know if you're dumb, this might know of me. In 19, not 19, 2014, I saw a mining company on a sacred site, okay? And, um, and I went there and I was talking to them. I was talking to them. I shouted, what are you doing here? Nobody was listening. There was one guy talking there, but he'd... Um, he reckoned he knew all my cousins, and every one of my cousins were druggies, the ones that he knew. And he's made deals with them. But there was a mining company from, from China. They were there, and they had two people there. And I went and, when I found that they were there, and I went and talked to them, guess what? They didn't see me, they didn't hear me, and they didn't even smell me. And I think that was a problem was 200 years ago because when Captain Crook showed up, he didn't see us and he didn't smell us. He didn't. And he entered this place with force. He shot at our people over on the East Coast. Over there, terror analysis worked very good for the government in Western Australia. Because that's what we—that's how they treat us. The guy didn't see me, didn't hear me. I grabbed the old 12 guide and I shot it, and then they heard me. And then they came and arrested me for guess what? Trespassing. I need if you, I need one kilometer from Mount Margaret Mission, where you got Moore River, you got Mount Margaret, Mount Margaret Community, Mount Margaret. Those were the two oldest missions in Western Australia, and they got me trespassing on a reserve. <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake, who's breaking the law here? You know, they're not listening. And in paying our people um, by bringing this out and telling us to be independent, because the moment you bring um, this stuff here into, into our communities. We got control of the water, we got control of the community. Right? Because, um, you know what they did? They, they took my rifles off me. 
But that didn't stop me from praying because they can't stop me from praying. Because the, the old Bible said, who do you think I am? And I said, well, you're Jesus Christ. And he said, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And since they'd taken my guns off me and they started um, treating me like, I don't know. See, my blood problem started 200 years ago. It never started now. You know, you guys complain about both people. You know? And I want to tell you something. Since they took my guns off me and treated me like a criminal, and that's what they're doing in Kalgoorlie. They spend no money for Aboriginal communities, but they have built a big prison to, to house six to six thousands or I don't know how many people. See, one of the problems with this country is the law change from our laws, the Dreamtime laws, to the Western laws. And in the Western law, we are the rule, we are the breakers. We break their rules. But the old Bible say, if any man enter the sheep in but by the gate, he's a thief and a robber. That's John 10. John 10, 10, the thief only come to steal, kill, and destroy we are dying out there, and they are destroying our land, our culture, our language. The stolen generation is a type of warfare. You knock out one or two generations, you defeat the people. They know that because the Roman Empire used that against them. You know, this is what they're doing to us is warfare, it's not just um, what they call it. That's why I asked. Who, who, when the, um, this premier, whatever this talking, the government here talking here today, what Aboriginal voice that you have in the government? Because you certainly have nothing in Kalgoorlie and Bo- Kalgoorlie and Perth. And as for as for the federal government, I don't, I don't see nothing. This is our land. I'll just give you finish off with a verse, and I want you to understand this. In Acts 17, 17, it says this, if anybody knows, if you know your Bible, the Bible says in Acts 17, from one man God created all nations of men, and he determined the exact place and time for them to live. China for Chinese, India for India, and um, Africans for Africans, England, I better say it again if I didn't say it the first time, England for Englishmen. This land here, guess who God put in this land here? Anybody, can you tell me? Come on. Hi, I didn't hear it. Again, who did God put in this land? Aboriginal people. He didn't put the English in this place. Okay. They put themselves in this place. You know, I just want to say that. Okay. Thanks, Jeffrey. That was Wangatha Wanganara Elder, Pastor Jeffrey Stokes. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network with Corey Green.
On today's show, we heard from Gomoroi and Uwalia man, Michael Anderson. On today's show, we heard from Gomoroi and Uwalia man, Michael Anderson. To find out more, go to nationalunitygovernment.org. We also heard from Kato Muir, who's from Nalia country. To find out more about his work, go to nalia.org. That's N-G-A-L-I-A dot org. We also heard from Wangatha Wanganara elder, Pastor Jeffrey Stokes. If you missed some of today's show, don't forget that our podcast can be downloaded at 3cr.org.au slash earthmatters. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their financial support and the dedicated people at the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this program out to you. Earth Matters was produced in the studios at 3CR Radio in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the Kulin Nation. Our contact phone is 0394198377 and our email is earthmatters3cr at gmail.com. That's all for today, but we'll be back again next week. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia, on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to 3cr.org.au. Thank you.